Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here. And today we're going to talk a B2B lead gen. We're going to talk about LinkedIn. We're going to talk about some crazy ninja, but super fundamental moves that you can do to improve SEO and conversion with Ken Marshall from Revenue Zen. Ken, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, Ian, thanks for having me. We got to talk smoked meats and New York and uh, <laughs> SEO, my favorite things. So, Yeah, we were talking a lot about food beforehand uh, in New York. Uh, maybe we'll have a little bit of that conversation now. But before we get started, of course, it's brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com, one of the best ways to improve your YouTube SEO, improve your conversion rates, improve your sales, improve your marketing, improve your lead gen is through your customer stories and videos of your customer stories. Go to videocasestory.com to learn how to strategize, collect, craft, and deliver that with the easy button, videocasestory.com. Ken Marshall from Brooklyn, New York via Portland, Oregon. Thank you for being on. Um, so, you know, we're going to talk at the end. One, I mean, this 15 tip move I love it. I love it for conversion, and we'll get into that towards the end. But tell me a little bit about how you got into and got excited because we talked a little bit about before you got into SEO and conversion and inbound lead gen. Yeah, I mean, without going too far back, uh, I was in college and I was studying to be a salesperson, business development. I was always a little person uh, personable. I thought that's the clear path to making money. And I won this sales competition and Herman Miller went to go visit them. And, you know, I, I saw everybody, I saw their eyes and I was like, I don't think I can be a rich person who's a zombie and just sort of making a lot of money, but not liking what I do. And so I go back to like a guidance counselor. I'm like, what should I do? And she's like, there's this digital technology and cultures thing, which nine years ago, like that's nuts. Nobody I knew knew what that was. I took one information architecture class uh, and I was hooked. I didn't know that people manipulated the search engines. And from there, you know, worked at agencies, did my own agency. Now the merger with RevZen and here I am. Haven't looked back since. It is fun. SEO is like, love hate thing for me because i love to do it same and i love you know we do a lot with youtube seo but man it, it's it's a nightmare every morning because you're like is my stuff still there <laughs> yeah i mean it's a grind man i mean we only do like as above board as any seo company is you can put us in that category but like it's a grind no matter who you are so yeah well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and it was great because, you know, you're above board and I've always told clients that over the years and like six, seven years ago, people, it was, there was, there was a lot of shady tactics. I think Google's squashed most of that out. Uh, but still, you just never know when Google's going to be like, ah, we're going to change everything today. <laughs> one day I woke up and it's uh, a topic that we ranked for became a video. So they just only showed videos and we didn't have one. So we lost all that traffic uh, overnight. So, yeah. yeah oh, man. Yeah, and it's crazy how much videos start to get indexed, and I mean, they're pushing it, which, you know, it's funny, you know, we start the company I, 13 years ago, and I was like, YouTube was purchased by Google, this is going to be it, it's going to be YouTube and Google, and everyone's like, okay, okay, and it's like, I, I, I've been saying for like 10 years, and finally, it's like, okay, it's happening. <laughs> yep, it's happened, yeah. Um, and so, 
you know, tell me about how you all have begun to merge this whole idea of LinkedIn and SEO and in, and creating these inbound channels because I think it feels like you've got a, a unique process to it. Yeah, we. I'll say from uh, my aspect second, but from RevZen, they were heavily focused on lead generation through like sales consulting, outsourced like SDR services. And what we see is, so picture a chart, everybody out there without getting too nerdy, but over time, if you need leads quickly and you need the time to value to be short, then sure, Google ads, you know, um, you know, an outsourced SDR team makes a ton of sense. But over time, one of two things is going to happen. Your total addressable market, you're going to start bumping up against that, or your cost per acquisition is going to go up um, steadily. And so we saw that. Whereas inbound is sort of the reverse, right? Over time, it takes to ramp up. But you see this sort of even exponential curve in terms of cost per acquisition going down, but performance going up. Um, and that's why we love it. So at RevZen now, we tried to blend the best of both worlds. So on LinkedIn, everybody knows the writing was on the wall of, hey, in order to people will associate like the CEO, the COO with your brand. So you have to build that, but you can't get rid of the strategy from an outbound perspective that got you there. So for instance, we preach that you should optimize the profile like a landing page, put out your thought leadership for the CEO, but build your network actively like a BDR would go out and do based on people who are in your ICP. So they're congruent more than I think people think. It's just you've got to be in it for the long game uh, strategically for it to work, where I think some people don't have the patience for, but it is effective. So I, I, I think that's great because you're, you're crossing two strategies. And I think what happens is people look at either one or the other strategy and they're, it's, they're not investing in the other one. And I think that's a really, really important thing. It's like having the outbound and having the inbound. Because inbound, like you, inbound, you said, they don't give them enough time. But outbound, they rely on it too much, and all of a sudden, they're like, it stops working. And you, then you're trying to fix inbound, and you've got this big low, right? Is that what Yeah, I mean, or what the classic um, three out of the four of us executives were salespeople cold calling back in the day. So you get the SEOs who come in. We grew organic traffic by 18,000% in two days. And it's like, great. Uh, how many new opportunities were qualified? You know, how many SQLs did, did that result in? What's the revenue, you know, MRR projection? And they look at you blankly. And so if our clients don't have a CRM, we, we make sure that we ask about their lead qualification that comes through organic. Um, so yeah, you got to have that context of a multi sort of channel disciplinary approach for it to be effective, I believe. So... Um, and before we get, move on, you had a few acronyms there, and I just want to clarify those for a few <laughs> people. We, we have SDR, BDR, ICP. Sorry. Uh, let's, no, Typical no marketer. I know what they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, sales <laughs> development in, rep, right? Um, business development rep, which typically the sales development rep will go out, do the cold calling. Business development person can work them through the, you know, through the stage of the buying journey to close. Um, MQL, marketing qualified lead. That's like a form download. Somebody signs up for an email address. Sales qualified lead. This person might have more of their credit card out. Um, they're lower. They might be going through negotiations for a contract. Uh, what else did I say? <laughs> Probably. Uh, ICP, I think it was. Uh, ideal client profile. Who's the human or human beings organization uh, psychographic profile of this person that you want to do business with? Uh, is how I think about it. So, so you work... Um... I mean, a lot with B2B SaaS, you know, business to business SaaS companies, software as a service companies. Um, how, how are you going in and figuring out that strategy for them? Yeah, that's why I think 
so I carved like I wanted to start intentionally carving that lane for us. And we've been really focusing on SaaS and B2B in particular. And I think it's because these humans are often like creating these categories. They're, they're like inventors a lot of the time. And they're not often just copying something like the, the B2C doesn't always do that, but it can be. And so I think the most unique thing is that you don't always have data. You have to really get um, scientific around hypothesizing something and saying, we think that this set of terminology is adjacent to the solution. So we have to deploy these tactics and then study every week and iterate over time to get it right. And I think some people don't want to do that. They're just like, look, this is the keyword volume. These are the blog posts we need to write. You're going to rank in a week if you build some links. So this is like, hey, it's been three months and we know now that we need to shift to this. <laughs> and here's the projection. So I love that um, personally. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an important thing. So there was a time when you could write a bunch of blog posts and get ranking and get just all the traffic, but that th those times are gone, aren't they? <laughs> they're definitely gone, and to, to to our benefit, to some people, they you know they're chagrined. But I think it's a great thing. It separates, you know, what is it, the corn from the chaff? You know, I don't know those sayings. I'm not from those areas, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We we get to what you're saying. Um, the cream rises to the top, right? Uh, so, um, when, tell me a little. I mean, some of the success stories you've had. How have you seen this work? Yeah. So. I think of two folks, one is an easy path, the other is a hard path, but they they stand out of the harder one was the first year didn't didn't yield very good results to them in terms of like ROI. Um, the KPIs were all there, right? We got, sorry, key performance indicators, <laughs> like traffic yeah. and impressions and clicks and keyword rankings. And then, you know, our return on investment, actual deals closed. But they were a company that does automated end-to-end -end regression testing. So you have a piece of software, there's gonna be bugs, they automatically find and fix those bugs for you. It's incredible. However, there's not a lot of data for them. So we had to like deploy some solutions, landing pages for bottom of the funnel conversion type stuff, write some case studies and put some behind a paywall and, or sorry, a, a download wall and some not. And then we collected all this data over six months and we're like, we're getting a ton of traffic that is, that's you know converting and from a form but it's not actually going to the demo and close state. So we realized we're not talking to the um, QA engineers like we thought. They want to outsource that problem. So we actually revamped our entire strategy from the ground up, but it's working. And so taking that full year to get there, it's all part of the process. Um, so that's thing number one, uh, the client case study number one that I would say. And the amount of deals generated has paid for our services. So that's why I say it's a success. Um, from organic. And the second was a quick win. It's a company who does basically, um, if you think of you need a service, you go to a G2 or a Captera, they're doing that for enterprise telecom. And we quickly were like, there's nobody doing SEO in this industry. Let's we need to build out these guides about SD one and build some links. And that's what we did. And they paid for, our, you know, the services paid for themselves very quickly. And it's been easy because there was nobody in the space. So we just had to do the basics of SEO to win. Whereas the other company had to take a whole year of intense strategy and iteration uh, to see the fruit of the efforts. So, yeah. And I, I think, but it's an important thing to realize is that I, I think a lot of people don't want to be in it for the long game, but it is such an incredible investment, isn't it? Yeah, they could, I mean, they could, don't fire us, but like they could fire us tomorrow and they're going to keep doing better over time. I mean, they have to maintain at some point and rebuild and they can't let it be stagnant too long, but that's not like if they didn't touch it for a year, their tra that traffic's not going to stop. Um, and that's what I love about it. So, yeah. Or if you're building upon it, you, you just separate out yourself from your competitors so no one can catch up that too. Uh, and I think yeah. that, 
And I think that's a big one because I see that a lot in SEO and I'm seeing it more now because I don't know if you see this, but you know, we get, we see where there are people that were early on into certain SEO markets. And so they, they got big wins and now, and then just people just coming in because the, the lifetime customer, you know, lawyers come to mind, you know, where the lifetime customer value might be 50 to $100,000. So other law firms are spending twenty thirty thousand $30,000 a month on SEO and are catching up. And these people who are no longer spending 500 bucks don't realize that they're losing ground. And then all of a sudden they lose ground and they're like, what happened? Do you see that where like people rest on their laurels a lot in the SEO if they're doing well? I have seen that. And it's funny, I, I used to, um, when I was doing consulting, worked with a, um, what do you call it? Uh, a criminal law firm and it was in Orlando. I'm sure there's a lot of those in Orlando and doing SEO. And this guy was like, yeah, when we're doing onboarding, pretty much done all the things you suggest. Like I was like, hey, we need to go through these phases, this and a gap analysis. He's like, no, 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 we did all that stuff. Yeah, he did all that stuff, yeah, like five years ago. And what I found was his site was so poorly done from like a spammy, you know, bad practices, all these PBN links coming in. I couldn't keep doing like the project. And then eventually like he went out of business. And I mean, I do think they rest on their laurels and people forget that SEO has always been a game, not of gaming a search engine, but Google's premise, which is to give users relevant information um, over time, the best information. And if you optimize for that with the appropriate tactics, that's how you win. The tactics will dissipate over time or become less you know, relevant. So they're like, oh, Google Core Web Vitals. Yeah, you ever been on your phone trying to buy something and it takes 11 seconds to load? It's always been a ranking, <laughs> a human you know, optimization <laughs> factor. So it, I see it all the time, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny you say that because everyone's like, Core Web Vitals, I'm like, make it, it's like, yeah, just make sure it's usable and you're fine. Why wasn't it? <laughs> That's why wasn't yeah. it before? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, it's it's so important, and I think more and more people aren't seeing the value in it. So, when you know when you're doing these B two B SaaS, how are you merging the SDR, the sales development representative, the outbound with the inbound strategy? Is it are they just running in parallel, or is this something that's interwoven? Yeah, so we actually don't anymore. Um, we completely like shed, I think as of maybe six months ago, we completely shed um, all the outbound services. We're just, we really truly believe that if you analyze, you know, new B2B buying cycles, less and less folks want to talk to a rep on the phone. They're going to do like between four and seven touches online or something like that. I forget what the Gartner report said, but the point is it's a lot of touches without talking to you. And so we just figured we'd double down on those inbound activities um, and LinkedIn, but we use LinkedIn as an organic extension of SEO. And so. Interesting. Interesting. And so tell me about what you're doing with LinkedIn. What, you know, what's working right now with LinkedIn? Our process is our process. We use it for ourselves and our clients. So that's what I'm speaking on when I in terms of its effectiveness. I'm sure there's people out here who send 20,000 spammy messages a day and get a 0.001 return rate and that they're happy with that. But anyway, as far as building authority, here's what I suggest. Take a person as high up in the organization who cares about their company image and is somewhat charismatic or a subject matter expert. That's usually the CEO that we see uh, has the best return the quickest, but this can also be chief brand officer, chief of product, whoever. Go over their profile through the lens of, if I was a prospect, a human being that wants to do business with you, 
how would I view this profile? Well, a lot of people are talking about what they like to, where they like to golf on the weekends. Talk, tell me about how you solve my problem immediately. Why should I care? So we're talking about treat it like a landing page. You can go to my profile, go to Ken Magma, just type that into your browser, go look at it. That's what I'm talking about. Um, then we take the approach of you should be a thought leader. And when I say thought leader, I mean, what do you have to say that I can't go find in a blog post? Do you have anything to celebrate like um, case studies? Do you have an interesting or, you know, um, some kind of controversial take in the market, right? So you drip that out over time. We recommend no less than a post a week, but even that has done just well for a lot of our clients, just one post per week if it's powerful enough. And in tandem with that, we recommend actively building your network. So what do I mean by that? That's a little bit of the outbound. Find people who are in that ideal client profile of yours, reach out to them, offer them something or just introduce yourself like a normal person. I'm doing a test sequence with an enchilada recipe I make for my wife and my friends. It's working well. Um, and anyway, you do those things in tandem. You make your profile a little bit better. You're dripping out this thought leadership. People are commenting. You're interacting with them every day, spending about five, 10 minutes interacting and you're building your network. And over time, like we mentioned, long-term good things start to happen. So love it. And it's, it's, it's simple. It's being human, right? <laughs> it's thinking through it. I think it's a great strategy that also isn't going to bug the crap out of people. Cause I see so many LinkedIn strategies that, I mean, that bug the crap out of me, but in, <laughs> in, I don't, th I think people think, well, there's no problem with doing those spammy LinkedIn strategies. And I think that it long-term hurts your brand. And I don't like that word brand, but in the true sense of the brand, yeah. I mean, do you feel that way? Yeah, if we're talking about your brand as a – so brand as a strategy, sort of. Brand as a channel, yeah. you're absolutely right. And that's, again, the outbound – downfall is that your total addressable market let's think about that as how many humans are going to be on linkedin total that might want to do business with you if you have a four percent one percent whatever conversion rate that's still thousands of people that might have been customers in five or six years who have a horrible taste in their mouth so the outbound company says look at all these leads we got you and they move on <laughs> but you're still going to want to talk to those folks in five years so i mean i'm i'm with you that's why we recommend doing it this way because people reach out to us not the other way around um so uh, yeah i mean and that's what most people want to do and they, very few people want to be sold to right they, they want to discover you and I think, I, yeah, and I love that. I love that. And I, I mean, um, so are you, you know, one of the things I used to do a lot of, and, and I don't know if you still do this, is that using social as part of my SEO strategy. Are you thinking in, in that way as well? Only um, not as much uh, as, a, as a firm as part, because we, we tried to, I tried to architect our deliverables in a way that's like efficient with their spend because these SaaS companies until they can they can grow. Um, but we do use it in two ways, like we'll optimize profiles and generate reviews. I call that barnacle SEO, but I'm sure other people have different um, names for it to boost the overall like entity authority. Uh, again, using way too many acronyms and uh, jargon, but I apologize. It's true. No, that's all right. And using it as an extension of that brand to build up your authority overall, because Google recognizes that, I'm sure, um, as part of the algorithm that's in their guidelines. And so I do in that sense. So we make sure they have a strong presence in like one or two spaces, but then every other one is at least optimized as part of that story, uh, that brand story online. So I love it. I, and um, how much time are you spending on you know, online reputation and like crafting those Google searches. And because I, I feel like it's such an underused thing, you know, because people spend so much time on their website, 
but only a fraction of the people that get to your website are, you know, your fraction of the people like search get to your website, right? They're doing all sorts of review searches. Are you spending a lot of time as part of your SEO strategy and on that piece? Well, so there's sort of two, um, two ways to go with this for us personally. Yes. If you type in uh, Portland, Oregon SEO agency, we, I knew we would never win that term. And that's because, um, other aggregate websites like clutch own those terms. So what did I do? I made sure that our profile, our reviews, um, the matrix, like essentially benefits us. And I even, uh, I think I purchased something or whatever, but the point is it's to own that term as an extension, even though our domain isn't. So you're exactly right. Um, I focus very heavily on getting case studies, adding to that and driving it to clutch. Um, but for other clients, we at least like who are in SaaS, we tell them, you know, G2, Captera, software advice, you have to build those profiles, get a baseline of reviews, at least as much as your competitors, um, and make sure that your profile is filled, fully filled out with the kind of information that is meaty that Google should rank you for. So, yes, yes, and you know, and shaping also shaping what people see when they search for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll kind of, um, and that's what I mean. Like it's sort of at the front. We call it our one-time implementation um, foundation phase of work. That's when we'll say, go build the profiles, and here here's a script or um, how to solicit reviews and how to coach your <laughs> coach people to give you the kind of reviews that are going to help you. Some people think that's nefarious. I don't, I think it's good strategy. So we'll coach them through that on an ongoing basis, but it's not really a service we offer. We like to stick to our wheelhouse strategy and help people cheaply do the other stuff they can either do in house or hire, you know, a VA or something. So. Love it. Love it. And um, so you were talking before about a simple strategy to improve your conversion uh, and across the board. And we're talking about like, these 15 things that you should know about your customer. Uh, tell me about where you put that in and how it works. Yeah, so one thing I think with SEO is because it's a more of a demand generation channel for a lot of people, even though we do like to think about it as lead gen as often as we can and influence, is that doing driving a lot of traffic and keyword rankings isn't always beneficial to somebody's bottom line. So what you need to focus on in the beginning, I think it of like a reverse pyramid, is the bottom of funnel keywords, bottom of funnel page types and content first, because when people, at least as you're building the other more top of funnel, middle funnel stuff, people, if they came through those terms are more likely to do business with you, those more transactional terms, that would be um, something like the difference between uh, B2B SEO agency for SaaS versus B2B SEO strategy. Somebody looking for a strategy is not ready to buy. In fact, they may not even be solution aware. So what I think is, a simple framework is if you've never done research, you don't have the tools for it, but you're a SaaS company in particular, just sit down, think of the ideal human being who you want to buy from you. What's 15 problems that they have in their day-to-day -day at work for their specific position, whether they're the VP, the CEO, blah, blah, blah. Then take those problem statements and map them to one-to-one -to, -one to a feature of your product. That's what most SaaS companies are good at, talking about features, even though nobody cares, sorry, nobody really cares at first, then map those to a solution. So for instance, um, I want to drive more marketing qualified leads for my accounting firm. That's a problem that somebody has who's the CMO of their firm. And a feature that we have is our, you know, uh, competitive gap analysis might help to answer that. And so our solution is um, competitive SEO focused competitive gap analysis service. 
So that's the full thing. And once you do that, go build those pages, an individual page for each solution, make it live and then, you know, optimize. So that's a fantastic strategy. Cause I mean, it's, it, you learn so much about your customer. You spend time thinking about it and it's going to help improve your, your copy as well. Isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, beyond that, I would say is like, we didn't talk about this in the beginning, but that's just for the core solutions. If you think about it, the other part of that strategy is taking what industry verticals do you serve? Um, who have you helped build out pages for those two, regardless of you doing research or not, if somebody lands on your site, they will inherently be more willing to convert if you have something to address each of their buying decision making sort of stages. Um, so I mean, that's great, great advice, because I think a lot of people want, you know, they're like, well, I can help these 20 different types of companies. And that's what they just put a list of it. And they don't really think about actually trying to convert those 20 different types of, of industries. Um, and so, you know, when you're saying optimize now, now, now we're at that optimized standpoint, you know, where are some of the first points that you are optimizing those landing pages? Yeah, I, I try to only give advice that somebody can do if they don't have access to the same tools or knowledge that I do. So excuse me trying to like simplify this, but that's the lens I like because it's the most helpful. So I'm happy to go nerdier. But what I would suggest to people at that stage, so building it is first, because I think a lot of people get analysis paralysis if they do what I'm about to describe first before building it and going through that process. But whatever piece of you know content you made for that solution, do a search, make a list or a spreadsheet of the top five to 10 results. Go through each one and mark off a consistent thing. If you see the same title tag, just mark it down. If you see that the average word count is only 250 words instead of 5,000, guess what? 5,000 words isn't optimal to convert that person. Or if you think it should be a quick page with 50 words and every competitor has 3,200, guess what the competitive gap is? The word count. So essentially you figure out all these things that are consistencies and you can emulate it as a baseline. But the best part is, you have data to go then do better than them or different to distinguish yourself. So that's the stupid, simple competitive gap analysis that would change most people's lives. So <laughs> I love that because it's, it, it's simple, but not easy. And I talk about this a lot, you know, the, the simple, but not easy, uh, because it, it, there's, it's, it's a fundamental thing. And I think that's the thing with SEO is like it, the, the further we get out, the more it's about the fundamentals, but getting really, really, really good at the fundamentals. Would you would you agree there? I absolutely would. I mean, those foundational fundamental things over time are what distinguish like it's tactics versus strategy. That's what distinguishes folks. So when I say go out and do a brief competitive gap analysis, they're like, well, won't we just be copying them? How can we be better? I'm like, well, <laughs> you have to start somewhere. And that's the easiest place to start. Then you can get really nerdy and go and do query research and uh, stage of buying decision making journey analysis and backlink building. But the, at the beginning, it's that simple to get those insights to start. Uh, people just need to know what they don't know, which is go do that. <laughs> so and OK, so that's super simple. Let's let's talk nerdy. What tools are you using right now? Because I, I love hearing what tools are working for you right now. Yeah, so I'll say the ones that everybody should go do that not everybody has first, and then the ones that I like in particular uh, that are a little bit more advanced. So if you don't have what's called a Google Search Console set up, it's a tool that shows you technical issues. So if your page goes flat and people can't find it, it'll tell you, and it shows you what search terms people use to find your website. B2B SaaS, especially because there's not a lot of data, um, go out and do that. So that's thing number one. Uh, thing number two is a lot of analytics tools exist. Google Analytics, Google Data Studio are two free ones. You basically get all the metrics you like to know where people come from, um, 
you know, how many people are viewing what page, what pages that you can set up conversion tracking. So like how many demos came from this blog post or something. Uh, and then Google Data Studio lets you make pretty charts and organize it in a way that your uh, CEO or CFO will understand, <laughs> um, essentially. So those are the big two. And then beyond that, uh, there's Google's Keyword Planner, which again is free keyword analysis that you can do, uh, get the keyword data to make good decisions. So I always say start there. And then after that is Google Tag Manager, which allows you to connect all of that and not need a developer every time you need to make a change on the site. So those are the key core sort of tools that I recommend. I personally think Ahrefs has the best data. There's the least amount of variance um, as far as, you know, the big four, Moz, Ahrefs, um, SEMrush. Shout out to you all. Just <laughs> that's what we use internally. Um, we use a tool called Content Harmony, which allows you to make content briefs that are based on science and not guesswork so that your content ranks well and is consumable. Some people make really dope content but it's never found. <laughs> and some people make very mechanical content that nobody cares about and they bounce. So that helps us do that through actual machine learning um, and gap analysis. Um, what else do I love right now? Screaming Frog, I use every single day of my life. That's a very, it's a tool that emulates Google's crawler. So you can do some cool stuff with seeing how Google views your website. Um, those are the ones that I use every day, every day of my life. But there's so many more that I just like, if you go to your browser, uh, you can do a competitive analysis with WooRank. It shows you like a quick report in your, so while I'm on sales calls, I'll do that. I'll pull it up while they're talking. And uh, I'll just like, they're like, how did you know that about us? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I got a tool. So, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, that, those are, those are awesome, awesome tool. That's such great advice. And now I got to go make sure we have all that stuff. Um, <laughs> awesome, Ken. You know this has been fantastic. So, you know, if tell us about you know you work with B two B SaaS. Tell us about the companies you work with and how you get started working with Revenue Zen. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the cool thing is we're we always offer what's called like you know you hear the term free strategy session all the time. It's a thinly veiled sort of sales tactic. Well, I still take all of our all of those calls and our CEO, you know, I showed him how to analyze sites similarly. So the cool thing is we build a strategy, whether or not somebody's a good fit or not, we actually have the call. Then we take a full like hour or two to build a strategy before we propose any deliverable. So I would say to anybody, whether it's our firm or not, that's the first step is seeing what your gaps are with somebody that's qualified to tell you and then prescribe something. Um, as far as who we work with, most of these companies, like I said, 62% um, are B2B SaaS. We take them through a pretty similar process once they're in our ecosystem. And we only do SEO and LinkedIn to generate leads. So it's not like we're out here running funnels on Facebook ads. Or I can't speak to that. But once they get in our ecosystem, we go through the foundations. And that's a set amount of research and analysis in the same order. Um, and then a set of implementations in the same order. And then a set of ongoing uh, monthly deliverables, which we do on a monthly basis because we don't believe in contracts here. So it's what you would expect, right? It's the beginning. Always do a content audit, competitive gap analysis, which leads to the keyword research as a foundational aspect, which leads to, you know, um, a performance optimization from a user experience standpoint, code, or a, a code level standpoint, a tech audit. From there, once we found it, uh, found the issues, we're not really a consultancy. So we go and fix everything after we found them and agreed. Uh, and then from that point on, we just build. If you need more links, you build links. If you need solutions pages, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Love it, love it. And obviously, I mean, you've got a lot of success. You know what you're talking about, obviously. 
Um, we'll put a link to Revenue Zen in the show notes. Also, you said go check out your LinkedIn page. Is that the best place to c- connect with you? Yeah, either go check out the site and click on the free strategy session button. It'll be the, me that you're talking to or go to Ken, just type in Ken Magma in your browser. Uh, that that nickname is for another <laughs> another time perhaps. But yeah, you'll find me and I'm always happy to talk to everybody. So Awesome, awesome. Well, Ken, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. This has been awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. Absolutely. Cheers. And thank you all for taking Ken and I on your journey. This has been Iron Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.